Welcome to The Ash, our Ghosts Real podcast. Here we share the stories of our listeners and the paranormal experiences they have encountered. We have all heard the bump in the night and seen the shadow in the corner of the room. Here are the stories from the people who have witnessed it firsthand, so sit back and listen to the stories that Ash and his guests have in store for you. Borley Rectory was built in 1862 and was constructed by the Reverend Henry Dawson Ellis Bull. A year later he moved in with his family which included 14 children. 21 years earlier on the site stood another rectory which was burnt down so the Reverend rebuilt on the site. In 1863, the first reported paranormal occurrences started to begin. Locals of Borley began hearing unexplained footsteps within the rectory. The Reverend's daughters also reportedly saw the ghost of a nun standing outside of the house. Headless horsemen, apparitions and other ghostly goings-on began to happen. Sadly, the Reverend died in 1892 and the rectory was then in the possession of his son, Harry. For the next few years, it all seemed to quieten down. Then in 1927, Harry passed away and the rectory became vacant. A year later, the Reverend Guy Smith and his wife moved into the house. Within a few weeks of living here, the Reverend's wife began doing some cleaning. And whilst cleaning the cupboards out, there was a package containing the skull of a young woman. Then it all began to ramp up again, with paranormal activity across the rectory. Ghostly horse-drawn carriages were seen. Disconnected servant bells began ringing. Lights appearing in windows and the sounds and footsteps roaming the rectory. It was at this point the Smiths contacted the British newspaper, the Daily Mirror, asking to be put in touch with the Society for Physical Research. The mysteries of Borley began to circulate in the Daily Mirror newspaper when they sent reporters to visit and record their experiences they had there. From this, the infamous Harry Price, a paranormal researcher, began coming to the house and activity that had previously not occurred began occurring. This included stones being thrown as well as vases and other objects. Communication from the spirits were tapped out from the frame of a mirror. Once Harry Price left, it all appeared to stop. Due to this, the Smith's wife accused Price of falsifying it all. With all the publicity and attention, the Smiths left Borley on the 14th of July, 1929. The parish then found massive difficulty finding people wanting to move into Borley Rectory until the following year when Reverend Lionel Foister, the cousin of the Bulls family who originally lived in the rectory, moved in. Lionel moved in with his family, but within weeks, strange incidents started to happen. These were then sent to Harry Price. The events were bells ringing, windows shattering, bottles and stones being thrown, writings on the walls of the rectory, and their young daughter being locked in a room. Mary Ann, the wife of Lionel, also reported poltergeist phenomena, which included her being thrown from her bed. Lionel then tried to conduct exorcisms in the property, but during the vigils, he was hit by stones and rocks. Due to all of this, more researchers returned to the house, only to suggest this was Marianne. It was later revealed she was having an affair with a lodger and used these so-called paranormal experiences to cover up the affair. The Foisters then left Borley in October 1935. Borley Rectory remained unlived in and vacant for a little over a year until Harry Price agreed a year's long rent. Price recruited almost 50 official observers to report phenomena that took place at the rectory. In the spring of 1938, one of the observers' daughter conducted a seance in Streatham, South London, and reportedly made contact with two spirits. One of the spirits reported to be a young nun who identified herself as Mary Lair, a French nun who left her religious beliefs behind to travel to marry a member of the Waldegrave family, the family who lived at Borley's 17th century manor house. It was reported that she confessed to being murdered on the rectory site, and that she was buried on site or thrown down a well near to the rectory. 
In the winter of 1939, the new owner, Captain W.H. Gregson, accidentally knocked over an oil lamp and the fire spread rapidly and the house was damaged beyond repair. Price continued investigating though and reports of him seeing a ghostly nun in the upstairs window and he also discovered bones but these were never proven to be human. And now that is more than a brief history report into the Borley Rectory so sit back and enjoy my podcast with people who have witnessed firsthand what Borley Rectory has to offer. Hello and welcome to the first Ash A Ghost Real podcast. As it is the first episode, I thought we'd definitely take a look into Borley Rectory, notorious for being the most haunted house in England. And with me today, we've got Russ from the Essex Ghost Hunters, who's visited Borley many times. Uh, how are you, Russ? I'm good, thank you. Ash, how are you? Not too bad, thank you. Um, so, yeah, how long have the Essex Ghost Hunters been going now? Um, Essex Ghost Hunters has been around for about 10 years. We're into our 10th year this year. Um, but I've been into the paranormal field for about 25 years. Fantastic. I, how many times would you say you visited Borley? It goes off my hands. I haven't got enough wow. fingers. Okay. Um, I love the place. I really do. Fantastic. So, yeah, we'll get straight into it then. So, Borley Rectory was built in 1862 and has acquired masses of history and masses of stories and masses of paranormal activity. Stories of headless horsemen occur there. Also appearances of, of, the, of, of nuns outside of the house, disconnected servant bells ringing at night and lights appearing in windows and the sounds of footsteps roaming the rectory. So Russ, from your experiences there, how many times would you say you've had activity there and is it on a Every time you visit, there's always activity, or is it every now and then? Yeah, pretty much. I'd say you we get something sort of <clears throat> every time that we sort of go there. Um, I say the rectory burned down many years ago and was taken down. Um, the the local legend has it that the spirits just up up ship and went to the church across the road. Right, okay, but. Um, I say, I've been there so many times now with you know with team members and that I don't see that as a as an option. To be fair, I think that yeah. all that sort of area around there is very much sort of is haunted. Um, when you talk about the nuns, yes. the most famous sort. To be fair, that's probably one of the most famous stories there. Yeah, uh, the, the French uh, nun. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, we we I say. Even though the sort of story has it that she is French, and have we ever ever sort of had a French experience? No, I can't <laughs> say we have. Um, but there is a sort of pathway around leading up to where the where the old rectory used to be, and it's called the Nuns Run. Right. Okay. And that is where you're supposed to be picking up on the nun. Right. But say when we've been down there. We have had experiences, obviously, with the nun, but there is well, there's a far deeper story to it. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot deeper to it. Well, well, really, it's a love story. Really, apparently, well, from what I've read and what I've looked into, she came over to this country to obviously to get away from a nunnery, and she fell in love with a local farm boy, and then um, father disapproved, and rumor has it she either got killed or. Tripped and died, as well, the story well, the, the, the sort of, we've investigated a few times. We've taken sort of you know all our mediums in our, our team over there, 
and we have you know this this nun we actually feel that she was actually um cemented and this is gonna sound really hard and uh, horrible but we feel that she was cemented into a room and left to die wow okay um as punishment and the gentleman was let go and freed and that was his punishment you're right okay um I say it, it, it is what it is. That's what we've been picking up on. And to be fair, we was over there sort of what three or four weeks ago. Yeah. And um, we're still trying to pick like pick this story apart a little bit. Um, yeah, for me, it's probably the most fascinating story at Borley because obviously it's obviously with 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 Borley, it is obviously a religious place. It's a rectory, but this nun reportedly came from a different country so to find herself in a position where she's in a religious place and to well essentially meet her demise in such a cruel way which there's so many speculations about i do find it very interesting it's it's a fascinating place it is a it is an absolute fascinating place the energy around the area is it is fantastic it really is uh, I, I think the thing is as well it's like you've got people well synonymous names with it really like harry price especially i know he went to, well he, he visited it he took 50 or so people with him to literally find any paranormal activity but obviously it is shrouded in hearsay that is it faked or anything like that but obviously he's, he is synonymous and he is infamous for different well it's hard to say <laughs> with him it, and also um the the warrens were there yeah Warrens actually um, <clears throat> paid visit to the rectory as well, and they have uh, a part of the rectory in their museum over in the states. Wow! Which is absolutely yeah. That's what we when we looked into it, we was like gobsmacked, and we'd love to go over there and just yeah, sort definitely. of see this brick. Um, but with the Harry Price um, sort of scenario of it all, we took the original Harry Price recordings over there from when he investigated the church and the the old rectory wow um we had some absolutely phenomenal um sort of paranormal activity to say the least because we was over there we started to play well we first of all i didn't we didn't tell anybody knew about these recordings and the person that was pulled them out as like a surprise for us. Yeah. And one of the mediums there got so frustrated and angry, not because that was the feeling. It wasn't because he was angry towards the person, but it was the spirit that he had, which also name was Harry. And his name was Harry Ball. Well, that was the original, uh, well, the son of the original owner of Borley Rectory who did take it over, but I think he died quite shortly after inheriting it, didn't he? And, and the, all our equipment went absolutely doolally and the medium that was picking up on Harry Ball was saying, it's all fake. What he's saying is all fake. Wow. And he got really, the, like he got, he said, that's not true. He said, why are they saying things like that? And it, it got really quite emotional. They had like the, the energy of Harry, Harry Ball yeah. within the group and the, the two people that was with us sort of, that we were, we was doing sort of a recording for, they was like really sort of taken back from it. 
Yeah. Well, well, I can imagine, especially when you think about it, obviously with the history of it as well, it's like his dad re- essentially repaired the rectory itself. It was previously to being burnt down for the second time. It was standing originally as a different rectory. And obviously his dad built it from scratch and he had his family living there. There were 14 children living with him. So obviously it's, exactly. so it's probably, obviously it's just a very personal place for him. It's something that, well, he, he, he was brought up in the place he died in the place and he owned the place. It's something that obviously it would resonate with anyone if, they, if, if people were spreading lies and stuff like that, especially about where, where you live. But the thing is with Borley, it's, it's, it's shrouded in, in, in history of murders, obviously, with, with, with the religious element of it. It's, it, adds that, it does add that creep, creep, creepiness factor to it as well. I so say you you have literally if you go there in the daytime, yeah. And I've been there many times in the daytime. I'll take you back to our very very first visit to Baldy Rectory. Please do. Please do. Um, and we drove up there in the day, and it was around about I'd say around about six o'clock. But yeah. it was in the summertime, so yeah. even though it was it was light, it was beginning to get that sort of dusky feel to it. And I just remember looking out the car window. And I, I looked and I double took and standing literally right next to a gravestone was a little boy. And I, honestly, Ash, I can, I can describe him now to this day. Wow. He had the fl- little flat cap on. Yeah. And he, had, he was so smart. I was like, can anyone else see that? It was almost if it was too real. Yeah. It's stuff like that. Like, like, you want to know the story behind that little boy. Is he, is he the person at the headstone? Is he guarding the headstone? Stuff like that. Just, just fascinates me because there's a story within these ghostly sightings and obviously there's a story like with the nun and stuff like that but Borley itself obviously the, the ringing bells and stuff like that the footsteps heard around the rectory it's um well it's, how, how big would you say Borley rectory is yourself what the, the site well, there's houses now built on the site of Borley yeah. rectory yeah um but obviously we we've been sort of investigating the church a little bit more because you can't actually sort of get on the site of where the rectory used to be You can get quite close to it. But you know, you've got to be a little bit aware of the neighbors and that. Yeah, so yeah, you don't really upset the locals. Yeah, of course. You know, but within the spiritual realm, there's a good chance you can sort of pick up on that energy all around that place. It's all linked. It's all linked. Yeah. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's a mad place. I think what, the best way to do is now for you to explain your well explain your first ever experience at Borley and what happened and like how it come to how you come to grips with Borley because as you've said to me previously we've we've spoke off uh, off of the podcast and you said that it's something you continuously love going it's a place you love going to because of the experiences you have the paranormal activity that is there and that well it's a place you just love so I'd love just to Tell me about your first experiences there, the first visits and stuff like that, if you could, please. Well, I say, when Essex Ghost Hunters is sort of like a family business, you know, the two co-founding members of yeah. myself and my uncle. Yeah. And he said to me, have you ever heard of Bully Rectory? I said, no, I haven't. He said, oh, I've got to take you over there one day. So I said, and this was even before we started ghost hunting. Yeah. So he took me and a couple of my mates over there one day. And we was, this is like, we was driving in the summertime. We drove over there in the day. And this is when I saw that little boy by the headstone. Yeah. And it freaked me out so much. I said, I've, please take me away. Please take me away. I don't, I, I, my brain just could not comprehend what was going on. 
I can imagine. So we went to the local. We went to the local pub around the corner, and I don't drink spirits, but I had to have a like a little shot of whiskey because <laughs> it, it, it 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 unnerved me a bit because it was so so clear. Yeah, it was unbelievable. So after we'd had our dinner and everything like that, we decided to go back. And it's now time it's around about half past nine, ten o'clock. So we was driving up past the rectory and no word of a lie, there was this biggest thump on the car possible. Just as we was coming to the church. So we all got out to have a look if we'd hit anything or anything got in, you know, like an animal or anything. There was no human in front of us. And we couldn't work it out. So that spooked us a little bit more. So as we was turning up, we had to turn around and come back again. My uncle was driving at the time, give way. It was like a T-junction. Yeah. And I, he looked right to give way. And someone in the back also looked right to make sure it was yeah, like yeah. safe to go. But we all looked right. And them two saw something to give right to, like a car coming past. Wow. And I had to say to my uncle, what are you doing? He went, I've got to give way to that. And there was nothing there. Wow. And the person in the back, he said, no, there was something there. I saw it as well. And he was going, oh, go away. You've seen things. But then when you sort of look back at it, it's, it's, all, to do, it's all linked because there was yeah. non-believers there and they'd seen something. So we got out of the car. And I tell you what, the energy there is just amazing. Yeah. I can imagine. It was just amazing. We're very, very raw at that time. Um, I'll say oh, this was just... I was say, what, year would, what year would you say this is? Oh, now you're asking questions. <laughs> it must have been around two, 2000 and... 2000? Right, okay. Yeah. 2000, roughly. Roughly, yeah. Because previous to that, um, I've been I, I I had seen spirit, but I think I just put it to the back of my mind. Yeah, I didn't really pay too much attention till this first real sighting. I think that's the thing, especially with it. It's like people laugh and joke about it, but it's like when you experience something like that. It does. It does. It makes it makes your blood run, blood run, blood run cold. It's as simple as that. You, you you're speechless. You don't know what to say. And then really, it's that building up of, I suppose, the adrenaline rush you get from it as well. Is it was is something that you can't really compare. It was. It, it did get a little bit more freakier because when mm. we got home, um we come into my hat, like into my house and my mum and my nan and my family was over. Yeah. They hadn't left. And it was weird because it was about half past one in the morning. Yeah. And we got out and we got started talking and my mum said, I've had an experience at Bawley. And my uncle went, you've never been to Bawley. I said, we went a long time ago. Like when we was young with Jackie and all that. And she said, she made the car turn around because she saw a little boy in a flat cap hiding in the bushes. (laughs) I bet you and went that was like, white. Pardon <laughs> the pun, I bet you went white as a ghost. Yes. Well, I, I, everyone heard, everyone in the room just stopped, like in the car, who was in that car and on that journey just stopped because they all thought I was taking a bit, bit, bit stupid. Yeah. Which I can understand if, if you're not into it. But when that actually happened, it was like, 
oh my god did that and my mum had never my mum has never spoke about anything that is haunted or anything like that because she doesn't it's not like she doesn't believe I think she's a little bit frightened yeah so she doesn't tell us of a of a sort of a haunted experience yeah yeah well, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the same myself. It's, it's like I'm probably 50-50. I think that's the fair way I, I'd, I'd say it because I don't want to be... I, I do probably sit on the fence with it because obviously there's no, there's no smoke without a fire. These stories wouldn't happen without something triggering them. So that's why I'm so interested in the paranormal and stuff like that. And I think Borley Rectory, and with, with stories like that, you can't, you can't describe things that are that clear with the history it's got and not think, is it real? Are ghosts real? Is paranormal activity real? Because stories like that, you can't make up. You can't make up stuff like that. It, it, was, it, was, just too, it was just too, you know, the hitting of the car, it could have been anything. Do you know, we could have run yeah. over a twig and it's, you know, we could have, you, you, you can none that. But yeah. when we actually got back and my mum said that and she'd never told anyone before, yeah. we even rang her friend. We even like, rang her friend the next day see if she remembered it and she did she remembered much right. like the because it was, her, it was her boyfriend at the time mm. turned around the car yeah so it was it was it was it was very spooky very spooky yeah. and stories like that is what this podcast is all about that we want to hear stories like that but there's then you hear the history of Bali and then there's things that discredit obviously discredit it really because obviously you've got the Fo- uh, I think it's the Foister's wife, um, she was having an affair and using the paranormal activity to hide these goings-on, these ghost goings-on, the, the activity going on, and like, that discredits everything that's about. And she, I think she even said that Harry Price was faking everything, but all she was doing was trying to hide an affair. And there's stories like that where you're thinking, does it all make sense? But I know later on, Harry Price actually rented Bali Rectory for himself, even after he'd been to the sightings, and he began his own exploration of it, and that's where yeah. everything started to unravel. But it is incredible. But yeah, could you tell me some more of your stories? They're fantastic. But the, one of the, the, the I say my best story of um, Bowley Rectory is because it, it, to be fair, it, it, it's about an hour away from where I live. Even though it's in Essex, it's right on the borders of Suffolk. Hmm. Um, so it is a bit of a trek for us, but it is my favourite place. I've got a sort of an infinity with the place. Yeah, it was my yeah. first real experience of the paranormal. And I met my first guide there. Yeah. And we what's, what's, we what's that there. like? What's that like meeting your meeting your guide? It was it was actually quite quite surreal to be fair. Yeah. It was quite surreal because I, I after this is this is when I sort of started to sort of look into the paranormal field. And, you know, I started a media, I went to a mediumship class and like-minded people and sort of tried to connect with spirit and learn to connect with spirit. And they said, look out for your guide. And I remember sitting on, when you walk, there's a little car park and there's a little wooden gate of a really low wall. You could, you could step over the wall, yeah. but I never step over the wall. I always go through the gate. So I went through the gate and I just sat on the wall looking at the, the church yeah. and I felt so peaceful. You couldn't hear a car mm. and it's all I felt. And I've generally thought the other, because there was four of us that night, I thought another team member come and sat next to me. 
Wow. It was as if someone just sat next to me and I just turned and faced. I didn't see anything, but it was, I just knew some, somebody was there. I just knew it. Wow. And I just relaxed and she just started to talk to me and I heard it as clear as day. It's incredible. So, and I still use her today. I still use yeah. her today. So we so obviously with, with, with the stories itself and obviously have, well, like I say, it's, it's places like that, that builds up this reputation of it. And your stories are fantastic. And obviously with, with Bali itself, it's obviously we'll come a bit closer to the, um, to the times, obviously in 1939, that's when sadly Paul Rectory was burnt down. I think, I'm right in saying that it was a uh, the own Captain W H Gregson, who literally just spilt his oil lamp and up in flames before they went. We've we've um, um we've had a name of was his name Wilson? Sorry, I think Captain W H Gregson. I've got so probably Gregson. Wilson. Yes, we, we had a we had a story around a, a Williamson, and yeah. that's why it sort of clicked. Sorry, clicked in my mind. And we were speaking, you know, that could make a little bit more sense to me now. Yeah. But we had, we went over there one night and we all stood there and we all spent, we all felt this energy come from the houses yeah. into the church. Wow. And one of the guests, well, not one of the guests, one of my team members said something and it seemed to aggravate. Yeah. And for the next five minutes is all we heard because the, the car park is made of gravel. Hmm. And it's all we heard was little tiny stones hitting the top of the car and being thrown at us. To the point we thought someone's having a piss take here. Yeah, definitely. And we looked around, we lit up all the houses and there was no one there. And we said, now, okay, will you answer questions? Throw two stones. Donk, donk. Yeah. And you could hear it hitting the top of the car and you could, because we lit up the ground. Yeah to see where these stones were falling from. And you could see them hitting the top of the car and landing in front of us. It, it was jaw dropping. It was absolutely jaw dropping. And to be fair, it was around the days where mobile phones wasn't that great. Yeah. It, you know, it's not like today when you can just drop it, everything and just film it. You know, it was like a Nokia 7210 that had no camera on it whatsoever. Um, but, and you just wished. I wished I had the f- technology today to film that. Yeah, well, it, it, it is mad. I suppose, like, obviously, technology has only really advanced so much in the past. Like, I say, in the past twenty years, it's it's got unbelievable. And I think I, I think what I want to next talk about is obviously going back to the nun, but the link. To why do you think there's a link to South London and Borley Rectory? Because I know the story that I've got is that one of Harry Price's observer's, observer's daughters was doing a seance in Streatham in South London. And that's where the story of the nun originated from, the French nun, obviously coming across and, and the history behind that. But do you know anything about why there would be a link? See, I, I've always sort of questioned the, the Frenchness. Yeah. I've always questioned the Frenchness. And all our stories are not... We, we can sort of tie in yeah. or, you know, loosely, loosely tie in. But the one thing we can't 
I can't work out that she is, you know, she's international. I can't, we can't get that. Yeah. So, if, you know, there could be, you know, seances are very, very strong. Yeah. If you did a, you know, I've sat in seances, which is still practice today, but they are, can be very, very strong. Have I picked up when I sat in the seance, have I ever picked up something so far away from South London to there? Yeah. No, I can't say I have to be fair, but it's not to say it can't happen. It's not to say it can't happen. If she's, if that lady who did the seance, whoever was doing the seance has been to Bali, she could have an attachment. Definitely. I, I, I think, I think that's the thing is people obviously expect ghosts to be in graveyards. I know Bali yeah. literally is right next to church, but I think obviously with ghosts, it's energies. If they've had, energy in i don't know in cast like especially like with it with british culture you've got ghosts of kings and queens and people expect them to be where they're buried or where they were beheaded and stuff like that but it's probably where the, their energy was at most and where they was most alive so in the dance halls of the castles and stuff like that and i think i think that's especially resonates with Bali, really because as, as you say it was a rectory it was a religious place so obviously you are going to get things sightings of nuns and and well, paranormal activity like that. Definitely, definitely. But there is when would when I say you know, and is is it is this the name of the podcast? Are ghosts real? Mm-hmm. Is this an actual? Right. Okay. So I think that's a really quite a good title, to be fair, because it is such a broad, a broad subject. Exactly. Um, and, and like like I alluded to earlier, it's like that. I sit on the fence with a ghost real because I want to listen to people's stories. I want to hear people's stories like self-trust and think and, and do question it. And that's what the whole podcast is about is to question are ghosts real is paranormal activity real and stories like this is what makes people think, well, second guess themselves essentially. So it, it, it is definitely much um, a second guessing. If you, if you, a lot of people will have had a paranormal activity of some kind, definitely. but that you can put it down to being anything or misplacement. I've always said that we've all gone to bed that night. We've put the remote down on the corner of the sofa and the next morning we've got up to turn the telly on and it's not there. It's on the kitchen yeah. table. Yeah. But we can put that down to your mind would go, I must've put it there last night. Yeah. But deep down, you knew where you put that remote. It, and I think it, it, is it goes a long way. Yeah, it, of course it does. Especially, um, especially. I think I think that, that's the thing with it. People don't want to believe it because they just think, "Oh, it's hearsay," or "You're seeing things." And everyone's got that. Did I? That is that. Did I? Did I just see a ghost? Did has that moved? Is that? Is that? Like I say, like we said, the second guessing of it, and that's what I want to get out of people. This is what I want to people to tell me is like. Like I say, your first experience wasn't all oh, the typical, or oh, I heard noises, uh, I heard banging, I heard candle, I saw candle lights, I saw an orb. Yours was so specific that you saw a young boy at a gravestone in old, old, old clothing, and then to go back to your mum and your family, and for them to tell you the exact same story, obviously it will make your blood, blood run cold, and I think from that it's, it's stories like that is that what I want, what, want to get out of this podcast and honestly it's been um, I'm, I'm loving hearing these stories so I'd love to know to segue onto that is what is 
for you at Bali, what is the most like blood curdling or like your blood run cold moment you've had at Bali? Oh, that was that's that's around the back of the church. Right, okay. Around the back of the church at Bali, um, the town of Bali, it is there's something there that's not nice. Right. Um, you can walk. We you can walk around it in the day. And you still get the same, it could be red hot. Like if you went there today in this 30 degrees of heat that yes. we've got in London, yep. it would be freezing thing. cold. It would be absolutely freezing cold. Wow. Um, we done, uh, we was filming there one night for an episode on our YouTube channel and we filmed everything around the front. Yep. We got around the back. Nothing come out around the back when we filmed it, when we played it all back. We had nothing around the back. It was all corrupt editing, and it actually come back alive when we was walking back around the side. Wow, okay. Um, do you think there, there is anything nasty at Bali? Yes, I do. I do. Because I think the, the borders of the ground have been extended in, pre, in, in, in closer years than it was when it actually was back in the day. Right. So sort of the, the borders of the church line, I think have got bigger yeah. over time. So anything that was, and around the back, always sort of like a witchcrafty area. Right. I, I believe the border is incorporated where they would have been practicing now in the grounds. Yeah. It, it, and, yeah. It, it, I, I think, I think, I think, it's stuff. It's stuff like that that makes you question it. Because, like I say, what would you what would you say that that entity was that was so dark and so well scary? I would say, as I say, you know, when you say that energy there was definitely witchcraft, right? Hundred percent witchcraft. Um, there's all you know. <laughs> If I describe the back of the church for your listeners, it sort of goes around and there is a massive oak tree in the back of the corner and it yep. is always dark. doesn't right. matter what time of day it is because it's so big mm. and you can always, you, you just know, you just know you're around. If yep. you just dropped me there and closed my eyes and put a blindfold on me and just put me there, I know where I would be because yeah. you, the arms, your hairs go up in your arms. I've come out with scratch marks from around yeah. the back there. Wow. Do, do, you know, do you, from spirit. Do you know, have you got any stories about that area at all? Is that part of the rectory? We can just link, it's all we can link it to, is our story goes, it is a witch yeah. that was hung right. um, from there. And we believe, I know this sounds, but the church actually did it. Right, okay. She was a part of the, whatever they called it, the, the group back then and so a lot of witches were killed wrongly back yeah, yeah. in the day well, know, I, only potions and things like that they were really trying to get but this one was definitely not hung wrongly right and she admits it to us when you speak to her yeah and we've had like uh, sessions where we've done sort of like spirit boxes and voice recordings and she openly admits it to you yeah what 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 sort of things are you getting back from it? We like we say, are you a witch? And you'll get yes, yeah, straight no, away, no question. I, um, you, you hear it. There is a name, but off the top of my head, I can't remember the name. Simon would know the name. The other team member that we got yeah, yeah. last time, and uh, team member Henry, 
because they were talking to the witch and I was in the grounds yeah. and she was outside just to, there's like a little dip and she was outside of it. And we were saying, you can't come in here because it's consecrated ground. And all of a sudden I was on my knees because she just overtook the, the power, just yeah. took my breath away. Wow. And I just dropped to my knees and I knew she was in the ground. And I, I was like, I can't deal with this because now what have I done? What have I done? Yeah. Have I invited this witch in? Have I done something wrong? But when I looked over time and got back and done the research, I saw the ground had been, it, it had been extended by about four or five meters past the tree. Right. And I think, I think the church hung the witch on the oak tree that was outside of the ground back then. But over time, obviously that, that line's got further back and that tree now is in the ground. Yeah. But she doesn't come around the front. I must admit, she doesn't come around the front. Only the back. Um, We've had pendulums literally swinging in an absolute circle around there. Yeah. Um, You know, all our K2 meters will go mad, but she will talk to you. Yeah. But she can be very. Say if I was. Say if I was to take you around there. Yes, I'd love to. I'd love to visit. Uh, she would. She would. Uh, you'd actually come across her, and she would be very. At the end, you'd probably go. That, oh, it's a nice energy. I don't feel that bad around here. Yeah. And that's when she's got you. Yeah. Because I've, it's happened to so many people that we've taken there. Yeah. It's a. Con, it's a consistent. It's a consistent feeling. People go around there. Within five minutes, oh, you, you talk a load of rubbish, guys. This is a lovely energy. She's she's proper schizophrenic. Right, okay. She switches drastically. Yeah. yeah. That's all we can put it to. But is it a ploy? We don't know. But we honestly, she's drawn blood. She has drawn blood on a couple of us. Really? Through scratch marks, yeah. Well, has there, any, has there been any other occurrences where you've been like, hit hard with stones and rocks and stuff like that by other 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 names that you, well could you name some other names that you've got from doing seances in there is a off the top of my head i say i'm no good i, I know my stories but i do forget the names yeah there is a priest there that stands by the main gates and he doesn't really like what goes on right because obviously the church doesn't like that sort of thing no of course but if you actually talk to him and explain to him i know it sounds really strange it's like we're talking to a fictitious person yeah but we're talking to that energy and we've i say we've had some fantastic voice sessions with him like voice recordings and you say look this is what we're going to do we're going to try and get rid of this witch and he actually said at one time he said thank you yeah wow but then sometimes you'll go around there and he goes oh what you you doing around here you know we don't like people like you um that, that's sort of sort of coming through our head, but yeah. we've had literally you go around that back with any sort of mechi- like equipment. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, it doesn't work. Yeah. We've we've even had to we've even to record voice sessions. We've actually taken a long lead. Yeah. So we got a, one of our tech guys to make up sort of like a forty foot long <laughs> wow. jack lead. So we could leave the like the phone around the front, yeah, because we're thinking that you know that's gonna you know that's gonna fall it. Yeah, we had the microphone around the front, like around the back, trying to do these voice recordings, 
and still it just will not work. It just doesn't allow it. It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, there's no, and there's, say, this, this church, okay, it is next to a house. Yeah. But there's nothing around the back that, you know, if there was a, a you know, a 4G mast or something next yeah. to it, you would, you'd sort of say, well, that could be interfering. But there's nothing. Honestly, Ash, there is yeah. nothing around the back. Wow. I suppose, nothing. though, do you know now, I don't know if, if you know yourself, but do you know, obviously, now the ball has been built on and there's houses there. The locals, actually, is there a lot of activity with locals, especially with houses being built on the site? I don't know if you've known of local news or anything like that. Yeah, no. We, uh, to be fair, I have looked into that, but there is not, I haven't found any sort of records of people making complaints or, yeah. I won't say complaints, but making sort of news news bulletins about it or yeah. anything like that. Um, I say over time, it will settle. It yeah. will settle over time. Yeah. So. I think, I think you know, I've, you've just alluded to something really going. good. You've just alluded to something really good there, obviously bringing up the news and stuff like that. But I don't know if people realise that Borley Rectory was like the headlines of the Daily Mirror at one point, And they even had the Borley Mysteries occurring there. And this is how big. Bali Rectory was at the time and with the hauntings and with Harry Price going there. This this is how big it was. It was it was massive. It was absolutely you know, it, it, it obviously it's out of my time, you know, I was yeah. I wasn't born back then. No. Um, <laughs> but you know, you can still look at newspaper articles online yeah. about it. It was it was a very, very it's a very, very special place. It is especially in Essex area. Yes, yeah, exactly like especially in in England back in those times, obviously it's changed a lot now. Obviously, back then, religion is a lot of what people live by. Obviously, every Sunday they go to church. And to hear stories like this in the, probably the biggest newspaper at the time and that Harry Price is visiting and experiencing these things. And it, 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 it's mad to think that in a, in a, in a space of 200 years, the Borley Rectory stood or so, to yeah. the years that we've had, and this, the experiences is crazy. I think that's what I find interesting, especially with with the his, with history, especially anyway. But with like ghost history, Borley Rectory, in in all in all honesty, it's not had a, a massive amount of history. But with what history it has had, it's immense. It is immense. Oh, it, it is because obviously you've also got the fact the Warrens come over. Yeah, Warrens flew over from the states, so this headline has made you know, US soil. Yeah. For them to be called over, they would have, you know, because obviously, um, Ed, Ed, is it Ed Warren, isn't it? Yeah. Ed, Lorraine and Ed Warren. Yeah. Um, he, he, you know, there's once again, it could be faked with him and all that. But if they've got these big guns being brought over within that time, yeah, it was definitely special. It, definitely. Special. Definitely. Definitely. And I know we've, not really touched. To be fair, we could, we could talk a hell of a lot more about Borley Rectory and what it has to offer, and I'm sure we will at one point. But I'm going to end it there. I'd like to uh, thank you, Russ, because honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you on it. And I think that we'll definitely have to do another podcast on Borley. I'd love to do one with you with Harry Price, especially about Harry Price. No problem. Anytime. Anytime, Ash. Anytime. Fantastic. So... That is the end of the podcast. Um, thank you for joining me. Um, but before I end it, I would like to ask you, Russ, 
Argos Trio. A hundred percent. Well, if I could go higher than a hundred percent, yes. Fantastic. Um, thank you for having us. No, it's, it's been, been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure. it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Ruff. Thank you very much for that. No thank problem. You. Right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Asher Go Show podcast. And I hope to see you next time. Thank you. Bye.